are now listening to the Motivated Mama podcast. This is a community for parents that want to be authentically themselves while looking for judgment-free, genuine, and heartfelt parenting advice. We talk to other mothers and experts to get small, easy steps that we can take to help us accomplish our goals. Learn with me as we discover ways to break patterns of unproductive behavior repeated generation after generation in our families. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Motivated Mama with me, your host, Sydney Ross. Um, We're just going to go ahead and jump right in. So lately we have been discussing generational trauma. Last week we focused on how to recognize those traumas within yourself and within your family unit. And this week we're going to move forward with how to um, address that trauma with your family or whoever you grew up with as a child, with your parents or caregiver, whoever that may be. Um, But I do want to start off with telling you guys a little bit about what's been going on in my world as a parent. Um, So on the lines of, uh, you know, generational trauma, I'm a digger. I want to find out, you know, where things took place in my family unit, when these traumas were developed, you know, why people function the way that they function in my family. That's just how I am. Regardless if people take accountability, I still want to know for myself. So that way I can do my due diligence to try to break that chain moving forward. Um, So, you know, rage and, um, you know, yelling, things like that have been an issue within my family. But it's weird to me because I've never seen that, you know, exhibited by my grandparents. And I wanted to go back and, you know, ask my grandmother some questions in regards to this, just to try to see, like, where does this stem from? Because me personally, my my father, he wasn't a big yeller. He wasn't a huge disciplinarian. Um, he's actually one of the more gentle people. Like, if a child got a whooping in our family, he was the one that cried because he was just so hurt by that. And I don't know if it's because it it was a trigger from him as a child, or if he just doesn't like to see children in that state. Um, But my father was never like that. But, you know, I have seen his siblings behave in that way, um, so much to the point where I've seen it affect their children. So I wanted to ask my grandmother about, you know, a particular uh, family member of mine, And I was really kind of amazed, but it's all going to tie in with what we discussed today um, on how it can go when you do address trauma with your family. And so, you know, I was like, you know, hey, this person has yelled and has shown so much rage um, when it comes to their children, and they have reached out to me in regards to this issue, and I'm trying to figure out where it came from because I've never seen you do like, did you and my grandfather yell or act like that? You know, was he brought up like that? Like, was he? Is this is this a product of his childhood? And she assured me that it wasn't, but I was very amazed that she kind of turned the tables as to go as far as blaming the kids which was kind of 
disheartening. And I didn't try to argue it too much. Um, but it was very eye opening to see how these things can go and how far adults will go in this situation um, to defend themselves and how far back generations will go to defend their own children's bad behaviors because that's their child at the end of the day, regardless if it's affecting their grandchildren. Um, so, you know, it amazed me that a lot of it was brought up as the kids' behavior, which is the deflection, which you'll see often when people try to address their trauma, it, it'll come back on you. Um, it'll come back as to why it was your fault or why your behavior is bad. But at the end of the conversation, it basically went as far as to, well, the kids act this way. The kids have bad attitudes. The kids yell. The kids have rage. And I had to bring it back around. And I think she finally realized it towards the end of our conversation that children are a product of their environment. And as parents, we have to model the behaviors that we want to see. So if they are brought up with someone who screams and yells at them constantly. When a parent doesn't get their way, and this is the way they behave, when they don't get their way, you can't then expect a child to turn around and behave any differently than what they were raised in every single day. You can't then blame the child now because the child is 16 or 17 or 18 and say they should have more self-control. They shouldn't speak to their parents that way is disrespectful. Well, if you've been brought up to only be disrespected, you're not going to know how to do anything but disrespect other people. That's just how it works. That's just the circle of life. Um, so I think once I put it in perspective that way, she kind of like opened her eyes and got it. She never full on agreed with me. Um, but at the end of our conversation, she did commend me saying like, you know, you are wise and I'm, I'm proud of the work that you're doing. So that was kind of a maybe like, I'm not accepting everything that you're saying, but you're kind of right. But I just can't say that. So, you know, I accept that for what it is. But with that being said, let's go ahead and get into how to address generational trauma with your family. Um, and we want to set you up so that way you are able to try to have the most positive and successful outcome. But it is very difficult to address trauma with family, it's very difficult to have a positive outcome. So what I did was on the Motivated Mama Facebook page and the Instagram, I surveyed people asking, have you addressed trauma with your family, with your parents? If so, how did that go? So we had about 30 people respond. Out of 30 people, only one person said that things have progressively gotten better, that their parent is actually trying to make active changes, that they've received an apology, and that their relationship has, you know, been moving positively in the right direction. So basically, we've had one person say that Somebody has taken accountability for their actions and they're making the appropriate changes so that way they can move 
forward with a healthy relationship. So we want to celebrate that. However, that's one person out of 30 people. Two people out of 30 people say it's been a struggle, but it is still an open conversation. Sometimes things go well. Sometimes things don't. In the beginning, it was difficult, but now it's progressively getting better. Like now the conversations are easier to be had. So we want to celebrate that too, because it's not horrible. Conversations are happening. These things, it, it's all a process. So the process is going with two out of 30. The rest of everyone else, unfortunately, said that they were met with aggression, that family refuses to take accountability, that things have been turned around, a lot of deflection, the tables are turned to where it's their fault for whatever reason, they were a bad child, they were unruly, they were difficult, um, or complete denial. That didn't happen that way. You're remembering wrong. Um, you're lying. It's not true. Um, so unfortunately, and even for myself, this has happened when trying to address that. You know, families like to function on trauma for whatever reason because it's the norm i guess nobody wants to be uncomfortable nobody wants to have uncomfortable conversation no one wants to feel attacked um so unfortunately majority of the time that's how it goes so when we're trying to help you guys address trauma we just want you to be realistic in these moments to know like hey there's a chance things can go well um, but it's one of those things like hope for the best, but expect the worst, like prepare yourself for just in case things don't go as planned. Um, so what we want to discuss today is how to set up the conversation. So that way you have a, a freer, less tension based conversation when trying to address the trauma with whoever you're dressing with, whether that be your mom, dad, whoever your caregiver was, um, a different family member who, you know, is just a part of it that you see do the same things, maybe not in your household, but you see how they function in their household with their children. Whoever you decide to have this discussion with, we want you to have the most successful discussion that you could possibly have. Um, so with that being said, when going into the conversation, we want you to remember that you need to have self-control. Of course, there are so many emotions, so much hurt, so much trauma, um, resentment. A lot of emotions and feelings are present. And you want to make sure that you have some sort of self-control when going into these conversations. So that way it's a more organized and stable conversation and so that way you can have control over the conversation you don't want to be all over the place with raging feelings raging emotions because it's way easier for things to go left if you're out of control so you want to get control of your feelings before going into these conversations with whoever you decide to talk to so if that means create a plan 
create that plan. Get you a notebook. Write down, you know, what it is that you want to discuss. Make a list of this is the number one thing that's important to me. This is the main thing that's hurt me. And you want to make that list from greatest impact to least. It's all important. But if today is your only moment to speak, what's the number one thing that you want to tackle? What is it? So make sure you know that before going into the conversation, meditate, cry, scream, punch something, get your rage out. So that way you're not going into the conversation overly emotional. So that way you can take control. The next step is um, prepare for success. Before going into the conversation, you don't want to blindside somebody. You don't want to pop over your mama's house for dinner and be like, hey, I just want to let you know that you beat the hell out of me as a kid my whole life. And now I messed up. Like, no, let them know that you need to talk. Let them be prepared for the conversation. Just say, hey, I've been going through some things here lately. And I'm trying to, you know, recap some things about like, you know, my childhood. Can I ask you some questions? Just let them know, hey, I want to come over. I want to ask you some questions. I'm just trying to figure out some things, um, you know, about our family. Let them know that. Don't say, hey, I want to talk about our child, my childhood trauma and how it affected me because you're automatically putting them in defense mode and you don't want to do that. Um, I've personally seen where a parent knew this is what we're about to talk to and they literally made a list of all the issues that they had with that person so that way before they could even go into conversation they already had a defense made on why they're not going to take accountability so don't even give them that opportunity just say hey i have some questions about our family about our childhood and i'm trying to you know connect some dots on can we have a conversation that way they, they might not they might think you're trying to put together a timeline. Who knows? They don't know what the conversation is going to fully be about, but they know that you're coming to talk. So you want to set yourself up for success in that way. Once you're having the conversation, it's like when you are having a conversation with your partner or a friend and you're having a heated conversation. They always tell you, remove any you statements. Don't say you did this, you did that, because you're automatically making the person feel attacked. I know deep down inside, we're like, I messed up and I really don't care how that person feels at this point. I get that because I've been there. But the whole point of the conversation is for it to be successful for your sake. So just keep that in mind. This is success for you. It's not like you're actually doing something for the other person by making the conversation easier. You're helping yourself get ahead. So just keep that in mind. So always avoid those you statements. Rather than saying, you did something to me, you can say something like, I found that as an adult, it's extremely difficult for me to advocate for myself in situations when I feel like I'm being treated unfairly. And sometimes I feel that comes from, you know, as a kid, I wasn't really able to speak out when I felt like I was treated unfairly or if I um, if I was upset, I wasn't able to voice that. And now I feel like I'm struggling with that in my adulthood. 
Um, can you explain to me, you know, why that was an issue as a child? Like, why wasn't I able to speak? Um, and that gives them the opportunity to really have to think about, you know, hmm, why did I make that choice? Um, so that that is a way to get the wheels turned without saying, you never let me talk as a kid. And now I don't even know how to have healthy conversations when I'm upset about something. You know, you're not attacking them. You're literally trying to gain knowledge on why that was the parenting tactic. And you're letting them know how it has already affected you and give them the opportunity to answer for that. Why did they do that? Um, then we can move forward when, and you can say things like, if I feel like if I was taught healthy conflict resolution, then I would have been able to move forward. And you kind of want to get down to the bottom of it is even go as far as asking them, like, do you feel like you've dealt with that as an adult? You know, were you parented the same way? Like, hey, did grandma... Was that a thing where, you know, as a child, you weren't allowed to speak? Do you feel like it's affected you as an adult? You're not sympathizing with them. You're not giving them the opportunity to cop out and it gives them an excuse for what they did. But you're you're doing the digging. You're trying to figure out where is the root of this issue? And your mom might say, actually, yeah, we weren't allowed to do that as a kid. So I turned around and did that because that's just how we were raised when it comes to kids. And you can say, but how did that make you feel as an adult? Do you feel like you can advocate for yourself? Do you feel like you've had difficulty? What other issues did you have as a child? Because now you guys are becoming allies. Now you're trying to tackle this issue together. It's not just you attacking your parent. And a lot of times caregivers and parents need to understand that. We're not attacking you for what has happened. We're trying to figure out why it happened so that way we can kill this issue altogether. So that way it doesn't just continue to be this toxic trait that travels through our family line. We don't want to be known for that. You want your family to be a strong, healthy family unit. So in order to be that, we have to stop with all the little bad things that continue to transpire. So once you become allies and be like, man, that was wrong, you can say, hey, how can we move forward? How can we make this change? Because I don't want my kids feeling like this. I don't want to do these things to my kids. And I don't want you as a grandparent to do these things as my kids because we want them to be able to be healthy adults who can regulate their emotions, who can advocate for themselves, who are mentally stable who are strong, independent human beings. So how can we come up with a plan to do this? If you've made it this far, you are amazing. You are doing great. You're on the road to success when it comes to you know, tackling this. You're giving them the opportunity to take accountability. You're giving them the opportunity to look back and see what issues have taken place. You're now working together to, to be a unit to help your whole family improve and grow. And you never know, after that conversation that you have with them, they might turn around and call their sister, their brother, their mom, 
whoever their caregiver was and say, hey, I just had this conversation and I'm just wondering, did you feel this way too? You know, like, do you feel like mom did this and this kind of messed you up a little bit? And then we just turned around and did it to our own kids. And you can let your parents know like, hey, you can ask even as far as, and this is where things might get a little rocky is when you say, did you ever think to not do that? Did you ever think to change, you know, the scenario when it came to your parenting? You know, what about your childhood that you didn't like? Did you change? Because sometimes parents, especially when it comes to older generations, so many bad things happen that sometimes it's the one bad thing that triggered them. And that's the only thing that they focused on changing when it came to their parenting. They didn't worry about all the little things that are convenient, such as telling your kids to shut up because you don't want to hear their opinion, because then it's going to make you take accountability for your actions. But hey, my mom never had money. So now my main job is to work constantly. So that way my kids have everything they need, but I'm gonna hold on to all the other crap but this is the main thing that affected me that I remember as a child. So you have to remember that sometimes they pick one thing to focus on. And sometimes you want to reflect on that too as an adult, because even sitting here thinking about it right now in this moment, the main thing that I worried about, you know, when it came to raising my children was favoritism and nurturing. I felt like there was a major favoritism gap in my household when it came to me and my siblings. And I felt like I did not receive a lot of love and nurturing. So those are the two things that I focus on the most when it comes to my parenting. And sometimes the other things just go to the wayside because maybe they affected you, but they're not what made the biggest impact or you don't feel. So we need to make sure that we are aware. And that's why it is important to make those lists of all the things that have had affected you. So that way you can change all of those things, not just focus on one major thing and you still messing your kids up because you're not worried about the yelling. You're not worried about the trauma. You're not worried about, you know, making sure your kids don't have a voice. You're not worried about all of that stuff. You're just worried about my mama beat me, so I'm not going to beat my kids. But it's still a whole suitcase of other mess that you have to work out. So we want to make sure that we're paying attention to all of it, but understanding that if in this moment I can say, hmm, I've really been focusing on two main things and there's a lot of other stuff, you kind of have to give grace in those moments. Like, okay, my mom was poor. So her main thing, her main goal as a parent was to not raise her children poor. And so we have to give grace in those moments, but we can still make them take accountability because regardless of the why, you still did it and it still messed me up. So we need to take accountability for our actions. But you can definitely say, I understand. I understand why you did what you did. However, it still had an impact. And if you make it that far, because when it comes to taking accountability, that's when things get rocky. It amazes me how parents think their children should take accountability for everything when they refuse to take accountability for anything. Um, so if you make it that far, kudos to you. But usually that's when things get shifty and messed up 
is when it's time to take accountability is when you start demanding your respect. Um, and that, and, and you have to decide for yourself, what does that look like? What you're having this conversation, what do you want the outcome to be? Because the outcome today after this first conversation isn't going to be everything is perfect and fixed and peaches and cream and everybody is acting completely different than what they've been acting for the past 30 years. That's not what is going to happen. So what do you want to happen? Are you looking for an apology? Are you looking for just the accountability? Are you looking for, you know, future work? Like, do you want therapy now with this person? So you have to make that decision and you need to let them know this is what I'm looking for. Once you've discussed all of this thing, all of these things at the end of it, hey, you know, although you did these things, I, you know, I want to forgive. I want to forgive you. I love you as my parent and I want us to move forward with a healthy relationship. Are you willing to apologize? Because I feel like I deserve an apology because I'm hurt. At the end of the day, that's what it all comes down to. You are hurt. All the issues are, yes, a big thing, but you're hurting. And that's why all of these issues remain is because you're hurting and you deserve an apology for that hurt. So you might say, hey, I think I deserve an apology. Do you feel like I deserve an apology for the way that I've been treated or for the issues that I now have um, as a product of that treatment? You can say that. And hopefully I, I hope that everyone gets the apologies that they deserve. Um, but that's not a guarantee um you know and like i said this isn't a one-time fix all that's why we say make the list of you know their issues because this might be one little thing that you tackle and it might need to have 20 more conversations after this so you know you might want to say hey i'm glad that we made it this far I want us to continue to have these conversations, you know, making a plan, creating a plan with this person. So that way you can fix the issue. Um, and I hope that you don't receive empty apologies either, because that's one thing that I, I usually receive is a, well, I'm sorry. Like a sarcastic one. And then like they just continue to be the same way. Um, so those are things that can happen in case your conversation does not go as planned in case there's denial, in case the tables turn, um, in case, you know, it blows up and becomes a huge argument and things get terribly wrong and bad. I do want you to access um, our website for resources on how to deal with that and how to move forward. Um, if you are in the Louisville, Kentucky area, um, just feel free to email us and we can send you a list of counselors that can help you um, with family issues such as generational trauma and how to move forward. Because unfortunately, a lot of time when it comes to breaking generational trauma and healing, majority of the time is something that you have to do alone. Um, so we want to make sure that you are prepared to still receive the healing that you need and that you're not trying to rush it and that, you know, it's not a quick fix. We want you to be able to handle these things appropriately. So please uh, do access the Facebook page um, or our email or the website for more resources on how to 
address the trauma and how to move forward once you've had these difficult conversations. Um, so I just want to thank you guys again for listening to the Motivated Mama podcast. And please uh, visit us on our website, and that's momamapodcast.com. And please like and share and uh, send all your mom and family friends to our group so that way they can listen in and have more tools for their parenting toolbox. You guys have a great day. If you want to submit a question or if you want to be on the show, message me at contact at momamapodcast.com. That's M-O-M-A-M-A podcast.com. Please tell all the moms you know about the podcast, our Facebook group, YouTube channel, and community events. Your recommendation helps our show grow. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to our podcast.